Ramaswamy, why do you keep going at Nikki Haley? Why do you think this is going to bear fruit? Chris, I don't know what you've been smoking, man. You and the rest of the mainstream media, it's laughable. Nikki Haley's been going after me the whole campaign. First no. debate, second debate. You know, she's been trailing me for much of the time, but I realize the establishment media has realized that there's a puppet they want to put up. I'm not playing that game. The grassroots of this country know they want a leader who isn't going to send us our sons and daughters to go die in foreign wars that racked up $7 trillion in debt. Dick Cheney 2.0 yeah. has taken over the GOP. Problem is the Democratic establishment media is now rooting for war, too. I'm the only candidate speaking for a true America first agenda on that debate stage. And I think we're going to be successful. Vivek, how are you going to bring people together when you... Um, oh, this is going places, people. Did, did I see Chris Cuomo doing a thing with his his hands over his nose? Was he doing a cocaine joke there? Media, it's laughable. Nikki Haley's been going after me the whole campaign. First no. debate, second debate. Okay, so you know, that, that might have been, that might have been a yeah. Let's over let this the play Problem is the Democratic establishment media is now rooting for war, too. I'm the only candidate speaking for a true America first agenda on that debate stage, and I think we're going to be successful. Let's see where this goes, people. Vivek, how are you going to bring people together when you just uh, put yeah. together a tapestry of conspiracies? You know that I'm not pitching anything about Nikki what, what are you talking about? come I mean, on my it, show. A, no a tapestry of conspiracies. Like, like Alex Jones said, everybody, they only have one move, and they use it over and... I didn't hear him... Uh, suggest any conspiracy theories unless the idea that there is a clear media favorite that has changed in the GOP if there's not a clear media favorite they're certainly acting like there is no tapestry. she won't even come on there's my no show tapestry what are you talking about that I'm sure hold she doesn't hold on a second I let you I let you put it out there and now you know I get to finish smoking and uh, now I get to answer I, I gotta tell you something Chris Cuomo is like a less capable version of Mehdi Hassan Mehdi Hassan, for all his foibles, is good in his tactics of attacking and, what's the word? Not sabotaging? Uh, when you surprise attack, uh, oh my goodness, the word. What? Uh, what? Mehdi Hassan is better at it than Chris Cuomo, but uh, let's, let's hear him out, let's hear him out. Which is, um, oh, this is what the media is doing, is putting up Nikki Haley it's against me because the they know I'm doing. the real they, deal. Picked. Please. She That's, hasn't even been the, on my show. Picked, I'm Chris, just please. watching you get you know slapped what? I, around I, I by her. Kristen and I'm Wilker. wondering what I, your strategy you know, the is. The watching Vivek get slapped around by her, and I'm wondering what the... Oh, she really nailed him with that I wear heels for ammo. The internet still has no idea what the hell she was talking about. Oh, he's been, she's been slapping him around. What's the word I'm looking for? Ambush. Yeah, Mehdi Hassan is much better at ambushing his host than Chris Cuomo. That might be actually a compliment to Chris. The matter is, Chris, the, my strategy is calling out the mainstream media like I did to Kristen Welker at the start of that debate. I asked her about the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, told her to look the audience in the eye and apologize mm -hmm. to them. Just like I'll tell you, you're part of the mainstream media <laughs> despite pretending like you're not. Look the audience in the eye well, and tell them how to the cover for your media. brother for all that happened. I think the problem is actually at this point, Chris Cuomo is no longer part of the mainstream media, but set that aside. Mainstream media. And you, and you, hey, listen. And you play the listen, same games that the you, rest of the mainstream you media don't does. Take care of You're your doing family. it tonight. That's You're, fine. You've been, Vivek, you have been, you have been covering for your you brother. Think, you have been playing you, a game. Uh, you were kicked off CNN. Of course I covered for CNN, my brother. So the... Of course I covered for my brother. Ooh. Well, that made the news today, by the way. Of course the, I helped my brother. The, yeah. Of course and, I and, do. And you know what? That's been journalistic standards that have now been failed, not just by you, but by every member of the broken political media. So, yes, it is going to so take an outsider to call media? it out. 
and you want to look everyone at everyone in the media well, most is the responsible for covering uh, for my brother no everyone in the mainstream media is broken pathological liars you chris cuomo are uniquely guilty of being deliberately misleading covering for your brother and not just that using sources to get info on your brother's accusers while not only failing to report on your brother uh, accurately but partaking or exploiting of your sources to defend your brother while working for CNN, among other things. But we'll get there. See what I'm saying? Ninety percent. You miss ninety percent of the media the is colluding with going respect too broad. to pushing one one answer Vivek. on the American public for the origin of COVID-19 to the Hunter Biden laptop story what to now which people they decide they want to put up as their puppets what to take on Donald Trump. What does any of that and have to do? Fact of the matter. Look. I'm t I will, you know who, my, who I think needs to be and will be the GOP nominee, but I like Vivek. I know people don't trust him. Oh, it's, it's very easy not to trust somebody because you can always impute intentions that can neither be proven nor disproven in order to support your belief. That was uh, a, a segment. I don't know who shared it. Vivek shared it, but it sounds like there's going to be more tonight. That was Chris Cuomo duking it out with Vivek. It's an amazing thing. You invite someone on your show only to interrupt them every 30 seconds. You're not going to like what they have to say, but that was a very, um, it was a revealing exchange, but not a useful one. Of course I helped my brother. Holy crab apples. Guys, I'm not tooting my own horn here, horn here. But I did reply. And um, this is what happened. Where is it? Where is it? I replied, and then Chris Cuomo replied to my reply hold on so i'll get i'll get chris's here it is here it is here it is okay my response to this was in response to vivek's tweet that chris is trying to rebrand himself and i'm thinking this is the problem when you get caught um in not just a mistake not get caught doing something saying something that is wrong when you get caught acting wrong when you lose trust and credibility it's very difficult to rebrand yourself as anything other than Someone who, at one point in time, on multiple occasions, displayed not just bad judgment, corrupt judgment, dishonest judgment, deceitful judgment. And I said, Chris Cuomo can never rebrand himself. Once a proven liar, always a liar, Chris Cuomo. And now he admits to having covered for his brother. Wow. To which Chris Cuomo replied, I will always help family, period. There was nothing for me to cover. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. If that's all that you did. If all that you did was not cover a story in which you had a personal interest, okay, you don't have to cover your brother. I mean, other people are and they'll understand why you're not. You don't have to cover your brother, but covering for your brother is a very different thing. And tonight on News Nation, we have the reality of Vivek Ramaswamy can't duck no matter how many words fly out of his face. So that's, that's some journalism right there. There was nothing for me to cover. False. There was actually something for you to cover up. Collective memory is very short. Uh, mine isn't. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh yeah, Chris Cuomo suspended over help to governor brother. First of all, how tall are these people? I thought Chris Cuomo would have been six feet tall. If he's six feet tall, what's his brother's name? Andrew Cuomo's got to be like six six. People are big in America. I, I, tall, not just big. Uh, not big, but tall, I mean. Um, this is the article, people. CNN's Chris Cuomo suspended over help to Governor Brother. Does everybody remember this? CNN star Chris Cuomo has been suspended indefinitely over help he gave his ex-governor, 
ex-New York governor brother while he was battling sex abuse allegations. The decision came after the New York Attorney General released new documents that show the extent of his work for his older sibling, Andrew Cuomo. CNN said the documents show, quote, a great level of involvement in his brother's efforts than we previously knew. Cuomo resigned. Chris Cuomo behind the scenes efforts to help his politician brother were widely considered a breach of journalistic ethics in the media industry. And I gotta tell you something. I mean, sure, Cuomo the brother became public enemy number one real fast. And maybe they threw him under the bus for various reasons. But when CNN <laughs> and the mainstream media who ran the Russiagate hoax for years is saying that Cuomo, uh, Chris Cuomo lacked journalistic ethics, you know you done messed up seriously bad. Thousand pages, yada, yada. Oh, what was the other one? Is this the one where I was looking up CNN? Okay, so that's one article. We don't need to go into it, but I'll give it all to you. You know, you can go read that one. There was another one. What did Chris Cuomo do? Now it's what help your brother. It's you. you sh that's fine. Um, if you help your brother the way Hillary Clinton helped Bill Clinton try to cover up there, hmm. Chris Cuomo used sources quote to gain info on brother Andrew Andrew's accusers. Records show. Transcripts released Monday shed new light on the CNN and Chris Cuomo's behind-the-scene role advising his brother in the face of sexual allegation harassment. Chris Cuomo offered to help try and find out through his, quote, sources whether more women were going to come forward, including possibly learning their identities. Wow. Hashtag me too. Oh, my goodness. Chris Cuomo said the host of CNN's Cuomo. He's defended himself by saying he never reported on Cuomo's uh, situation for CNN and never tried to influence coverage. Well, some people might have a few, you know, things about that. Here's the BBC article, and I'll share this one with you. So, yeah, not, not covering, not covering, covering up, unless we forget about um, Chris also being uh, deceitful or lying about either having contracted COVID when his, when his quarantine started, whether or not he respected the rules that were expected to be followed by the highly scientific rules. Oh, my. You remember that when he said he had, he had either contracted COVID, had a mandatory quarantine, and then was caught on camera berating a bicyclist, which viol which showed that he was either violating his his quarantine or lied about having COVID. Oh, and it's not like anybody believed anybody in their right mind should have been quarantining for 12 to 14 days, five days if you got the jab, um, and if you you know in Canada quarantining your kid if they merely came across someone who was later diagnosed with COVID. It's not like many people with, with half a brain thought that that was rational, lo logical, or scientific. But when you say you're doing it and you get busted having not done it while you're pushing that crap on everyone else out there in your trusted, respected role as a journalist, oh boy, you got problems. Okay, cracking my knuckles. So we got Julie Kelly coming on at give or take four o'clock. We're going to talk about um, a lot of stuff in as much as we can talk about a lot of stuff within the 20 to 30 minutes that she's going to be on. I uh, realized before I got started, I didn't check that we were live everywhere. For those of you who don't know who I am, Viva Fry, Montreal litigator turned Florida rumbler. And uh, the way this goes, afternoon show so that I could accommodate Julie's availabilities because we need to talk about a lot of stuff that Julie's covering. The manhunt for that guy, Yetman, uh, the warrant that was issued for his arrest. She's covering the January 6th trials. She's covering the Donald Trump trials. So we're going to go there. Now, the way this works. Oh, for a second, I thought I, I thought that green thing was just an eye. Look at that. that green. Oh, that beautiful little green statue right there. Mm. It's idolatry, but I'm proud of it. 
Um, what was I going to say? For those of you who don't know how this works, we start off on YouTube, Rumble, and vivabarnslaw.locals.com. Are we live there? Yes, we are. And then after, you know, 15 to 30 minutes, we end on YouTube, go over exclusively to Rumble, and uh, then carry on the rest of the show there, end on Rumble, and I go over to vivabarnslaw.locals.com for an after party. And that's it. Uh, now, what else was I going to say? No medical advice, no election fortification advice, no legal advice. There are these things called super chats, rumble rants. There's a couple of rumble rants. I'll get to them in a second or afterwards because I have the app now that allows me to keep them up so I can see them. Uh, YouTube takes 30% of the super chats. If you don't like that, go to the free speech platform, Rumble. Rumble ordinarily takes 20%. And... Um, uh, I just got distracted by a comment. This Pudge TV says, I've never just caught live show. Hold on. I've got to bring this one up just so that everybody knows why I got distracted. Like, uh, like someone who just saw a squirrel, uh, because my dog's name is Pudge. So I don't know if Pudge TV is, I'm going to have to see what that is afterwards. I click that over. Dude, that's not, that has nothing to do with my dog. Okay. Pudge TV says, first time I caught you live, uh, Pudge is my paralyzed puggle alliteration. Not intended, because that would have implied that we paralyzed Pudge the Puggle to be Pudge the Paralyzed Puggle. Uh, and I lost my thoughts. So we're going we're to go over to Rumble in a few minutes, um, get to some of the discussion in the chat. But, hold on, people. You may have noticed that I, um, let me make sure that I did, I checked the box. So you may have noticed when you started this stream, it said this stream contains a paid promotion, because it does. I've made the big leagues people where I have sponsors, but not just that, sponsors that, are, that I like. In fact, I like all my sponsors. Uh, I wouldn't sponsor them otherwise. But let me bring up today's sponsor, which is, some of you may know it, The Wellness Company. Let me get this, uh, that out of here. The Wellness Company, healthcare without the propaganda. Now, I'll tell you, this does uh, have personal impact to me as well, but I'll, re I'll uh, you know, tell you the company. Nine, by the way, did, did you know that 90% of pharmaceuticals in the U.S. are produced outside of the U.S.? I learned this during COVID. I learned this during COVID when we got locked down in Canada. And I'm thinking, holy crap, uh, how do I get my kids medication? Because, you know, kids have medication. Some of them are on you know, asthma, ventilin, whatever the heck. How do I get it? Okay, well, I get it at the pharmacy. Well, what happens if uh, a certain country that may or may not have had a hand in this virus... Um, doesn't ship. Well, we are screwed. I didn't realize how dependent we were, not just on stuff coming from China, but India as well. Not necessarily friendly countries until COVID hit. 90% of pharmaceuticals are produced outside the US. What happens during the next global crisis? Countries clamp down on exports, they stockpile, prices of drugs rise, and pharmaceutical shelves are empty. That's where the wellness company comes in. Wellness company medical emergency kit holds eight life-saving medications that every American should have at home. Antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics. It contains amoxicillin, ivermectin, a Z-Pak, all this other good stuff. 22-page booklet that tells you how to use it safely. The prescription kit is in huge demand right now. Head to twc.health forward slash Viva. And because I have a bit of a lisp, it is TWC, as in the wellness company, but if I go with international code, it's Tango, Whiskey, Charlie, dot, health, as in the word, forward slash Viva, grab yours now, put in the promo code Viva, you get 10% out at checkout. Um, kits are only available in the USA, which is where I am right now. So that is the wellness company, um, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it, every, everybody has 
what are they called? Um, an emergency kit? What the heck are those things called? You know, the ones where you have the antibiotic cream in it. What are those things called? Chat, what's the, what are those things called? An emergency kit that you have in the back of the car, you have them at home. And you know, this is, this is a, 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 a bigger, better one from a company you can trust, the wellness company. The link is in the pin description. Oh, what are they called? I'm gonna have, I'm like, I don't know what, I, I'm, I'm blaming the kids for senility. I have a little lisp too. I have, uh, Natalie, I have such a lisp. A first aid kit, thank you very much. <laughs> I feel I feel crazy. I have such a lisp that uh, when I do those Twitter spaces, everybody thinks I'm wearing dentures. There's nothing wrong with wearing dentures. And if I had dentures, I would, I have no, I would, not, I would sooner not say something than say something that's false. But I have a bit of a lisp. I never picked up on it, but the mic on my phone when I do uh, the Twitter spaces on, on, what do they call it? Speakerphone? Holy crap. Even I listen to it myself. It sounds like I'm saying F instead of S. Very embarrassing. All right. So before we get into the American stuff, and we'll end on this after this story because I want people to know about it. James Top is in the news. If you don't know who James Top is, he's a, a, a former serviceman. He's a, he's a, he's a veteran. He's the guy that walked across Canada in protest of the vaccine mandates. I had him on the channel multiple times. And now I'm trying to think if I have ever met him in person. It's very difficult. I get very confused. Uh, He's the man that marched across Canada from Vancouver to Ottawa. Took him months. He's the man. He's he's, uh, amazing man. Uh, He's now uh, been forced to plead guilty because he was being... Oh, there's a, I, I'm not sure, I, I need to catch up on the details and hopefully I'll be able to get James back on the channel to talk about it himself. But I get a tweet this morning from one of my, one of my sources. It says, James Top, you know, just had to plead guilty. And uh, CTV News, Canadian, Canadian Pravda is not going to miss the opportunity to put out an article that turns heroes into villains and villains into heroes. So just, I want everybody to know this. Canadian military veteran who criticized COVID-19 vaccine mandate has been forced to plead. And I understand that he pleaded. I mean, the thing is, I don't know if he pleaded because there was no issue of fact to be adjudicated here. I think he said what he said. He did it the way he did it. And at some point in time, I never tell anybody to break the law. I never tell anybody to break the law, even in protest. That's a personal decision for everyone to make. At some point, a hero is going to say, if my conduct breaks an unjust law, so be it, I'll suffer the consequences. We'll see what his consequences are. Former Canadian soldier who protested the federal government's COVID-19 vaccine requirements is facing a maximum punishment of dismissal with disgrace after pleading guilty in a military court Tuesday. Former warrant officer James Top criticized the vaccine mandate for military members and other federal employees while in uniform in 2022. I know that I might harbor some double standards. If someone comes out in uniform and promotes certain ideologies, I would say it's inappropriate for them to do it in uniform. I think James Top probably understood the rules and understood the potential sanctions when he did what he did in uniform. And for that, maybe it's pleading guilty because there's no issue of fact to decide here. He pleaded guilty to two counts of conduct to the prejudice of good order. Oh, I can't scream bullcrap hard enough. And discipline at the start of his court-martial in New Westminster, British Columbia. Two additional charges related to improperly wearing his uniform were withdrawn by the prosecutors after he pleaded not, after he 
He pleaded not guilty to both at the start of the pleadings. The charges stem from statements made in two videos recorded around Appesford, BC, that later posted to TikTok and YouTube. In the videos, he appeared in uniform. Oh, what is it? In the uniform of the Princess Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry, where he had previously served, the Vancouver resident who left the military early this year. Left. Yeah. I'm sure they chased him out. Boy, howdy. Went on to lead a months-long march for... There's a list. A month's long march from Vancouver to Ottawa became a symbol for Canadians opposed to vaccine requirements and perceived government overreach. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. Oh, it's, it's only in our perception, CTV. It wasn't government overreach to lock us in our houses for five and a half months. It wasn't government overreach to forcibly detain people in designated quarantine facilities without the advice of counsel, without telling their families where they went. That's just perceived. I'm sorry if you thought we abused you. Top joined the red. Listen to this. This man is a hero. Joined the regular forces in 1990, deploying to Bosnia and Afghanistan before transferring to the Army Reserves in 2019. So that's it. So we'll see what the sanction is. We'll see what the punishment is. That's the news of, of James Top coming out of Canada. And, and when I say that, um, you know, when I say that CTV propaganda turns villains into heroes and heroes into villains. I wasn't going to bring it up because I nothing about the discussion, nothing about the situation. I, I, I hate talking about it. I hate the world in which we live sometimes. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's useful to put uh, these people on blast. And these people, I mean, CTV. Listen, listen to this. Listen to this. Let me just bring it up in incognito because sometimes. Okay, let's see here. This is, this is the same CTV news, by the way. Turns heroes into villains and villains into heroes. Uh, this, this is the uh, tweet that CTV News put out earlier today. Canadian peace activist Vivian Silver, who went missing after Hamas attack, has died. I mean, the, the way that's their tweet of their own article. The way that tweet is drafted, one would think, it sounds kind of like, as was my, my sort of my sarcastic, sassy um, reply. Uh, maybe it wasn't there. Maybe it's in the. It's like, oh, she, 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 she died. She went missing after the Hamas attack, and she died. It sounds like, oh, she, you know, she, maybe she went on a hike and got lost, or she died of natural causes in her sleep, peacefully surrounded by uh, the people she loved. Oh no, no, let's go. What one of the good times? One of the times the community notes gets it right. Oh, get that out of here. The post is misleading. For context, as reported by Global News, the sources said her remains have been identified and that she is believed to have been killed in the initial assault by Hamas. And you click on the article, by the way, you click on the article, if I, if I can, but I can't because I'm not in the article section, you go click on the article, once you get past the dishonest propagandist headline, that is so bad, Community Notes got it right this time, I'll, I'll say why they got it right this time and why they got it wrong another time. This is how they have to report this. A courageous peace activist, quote, son of Vivian Silver says she was murdered by Hamas on October 7th. It, it didn't happen. CTV doesn't want to go out on that, 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 that limb right there and say that it happened. So they have to quote the son after having suggested that she just, you know, she died. She died. It wasn't murder. It wasn't murder in a terrorist attack. It was, she died. Almost sounds, almost, and she looks old. It looks like an obituary of someone who passed away in their sleep. They can't, they can't even give the dignity to her in death. They just have to quote her son. Her son. Hold on, I'm sorry, I, didn't, I don't know if I brought this up here. Her son. 
says um, she was murdered after CTV says she died. Just like that. I don't know if I was showing the right tweet the first time, actually, but I think I was. Anyhow, that's what I say. Turning, turning heroes into villains and villains into heroes. And since we have a few minutes, because I don't see Julie Kelly yet here, last story before we head over to um, Rumble. Let me, give you the, let me give you the link to Rumble. And, um, and then I'll give you the link to Locals. Before we head on over there, one last story, because Community Notes can get it right, and they can be run, or they can have some lefties who have infiltrated, who insist on using it as a political tool, as a political weapon, and not as a, an information tool. Those are the two links to Rumble and Locals. When, um, when moles get it wrong, I posted a, uh, what I thought was a kind of a funny, a funny tweet. Um, I, I posted what I think is a, funny, is a damn funny tweet. There was a video of a volcano erupting. By the way, just look at that. The, the, the power of nature is truly amazing. This is from the current situation in Popocatepel, volcano in Mexico this morning. A volcano's erupting. I make a funny and in all respects scientifically accurate statement, and I'll tell you why in a second. How much carbon emissions is this responsible for? Volcanoes, it's, it's fire, it's burnt stuff, it's carbon emissions into the sky. It's... I mean, I mean, that must be sending shivers. People are literally crying because when they see this volcano erupting, they don't understand. Don't you understand global, the climate crisis? We're going to have to get rid of all of our wood-burning stoves. That's what I limited in my joke to, to compensate for that volcano. Also, when the dust goes into the atmosphere and results in global cooling, expect all of our politicians to claim that the climate crisis, okay, the climate crisis policies have reduced the Earth's temperature. It's a freaking joke that is scientifically accurate on both because I didn't say that this volcano was responsible for more carbon emissions than humans. I just compared it to wood-burning stoves specifically and for a reason. What ends up happening? I think it's been, I think the wrong has been righted. It got a community note by, listen to this. What did I just say? Oh, how many uh, wood-burning stoves? We're going to have to cut out all the wood-burning stoves. And also, it's going to cool the globe. This is what readers added context. I didn't ask you to add context and hijack and graffiti my post, you, you, you bums. This, you're just graffitiing over my post with your own opinions that have nothing to do with what I wrote. The, the readers know, the readers know, the community notes, which has since been removed. Human emissions of carbon dioxide is more than 100 times those from all the volcanoes in the world combined. Good, thank you, Lisa, for the answer to a question nobody asked, although I still, do, I, I still question the accuracy of that. Who are you talking to, Community Notes? While volcanic eruptions add, do add CO2, like I said, to the atmosphere, human activities emit a Mount St. Helens-sized eruption of CO2 every 2.5 hours. Thank you. you you're like the little kid from Jerry Maguire. I didn't ask you a damn thing of what you thought about which volcanoes were up. What? I made a joke about wood-burning stoves and this volcano, and then rightly pointed out, anyone who remembers uh, Mount Pinatubo erupting, when volcanoes erupt, they emit ash into the sky, silt that, that lasts for years, that, that actually create climate global cooling because it deflects the sun rays. It makes for nice sunsets as well, and sunrises for that matter. Didn't nobody ask you for your damn opinion so you can graffiti on my stuff and put your unwanted, unsolicited, argumentative, not on point community notes to my, my joke? Get the hell out of there. Anyhow, bottom line, it's been removed. It looks like it, at least it looks like it has. It has because I looked at it earlier. 
turning into a cranky old man, people. All right, there's 405 people watching on Rumble, on YouTube. There's much more on Rumble. Let us see that number go down. And I will, um, here we go. We shall move over to the free speech. Someone's coming into the office. Afternoon streams when there are children at home is a very bad idea. I see Julie Kelly in the background. So what I'm going to do right now is end this on YouTube. Come on over to Rumble. And we're going to have this discussion on Rumble in three, two, one now. All righty. Now I'm going to close this. Julie, are you ready for me to bring you in? Yeah, she's coming in regardless. <laughs> Julie, how goes the battle? <laughs> ongoing. Always ongoing, always changing. Okay, so we don't have very much time, so I'm going to make the absolute most of this. The 30,000-foot overview for those who haven't seen our previous interviews. Who are you? What are you doing? And we're going to get into what you're working on right now. Uh-oh, you seem to yes, have been frozen. who am I? Good question. <laughs> so, I'm frozen? Yeah, well, it's, it, it's fine. You're back now. Okay. Okay. Um, So I am a writer and reporter. I've been following the events of January 6th, really since the day of. Uh, I wrote a book on it called uh, January 6th. You can find it on Amazon or wherever. Right now I'm on Substack, Declassified with Julie Kelly. And my primary focus is what's happening to the now then more than 1,200 Americans who continue to be investigated, arrested, and charged for the events of January 6th, but also Special Counsel Jack Smith's two criminal indictments against Donald Trump, one in Southern Florida on classified documents and one in the District of Columbia for the events of January 6th and his alleged attempts to overturn the 2020 election. Okay, you'll send me all of these links afterwards so I can put them in the pinned comment. Uh, Because I haven't done it yet, so I I feel bad. Um, Okay, we'll go with the shortest one, I think, for now. Yetman. Uh, You've been in touch with Yetman. This is the individual who was charged or his arrest warrant was issued Mm -hmm. damn near, what are we, almost three years out or two and a half years out of January 6th. Uh, Massive SWAT. Like it was like like, uh, Osama bin Laden had been unleashed on the streets of America and they were going door to door. Tell us what happened there, what the situation is and how Yetman is doing now. So this is Gregory Yetman, a combat veteran with tours of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan. He also was a guard at Guantanamo Bay. He has been investigated, targeted by this Department of Justice now, as you said, for almost three years related to his minor involvement in January 6th. He cooperated with the FBI. He met with them twice. According to his brother, who I spoke with last Friday after uh, Gregory Yetman turned himself in, um, he, uh, he thought he was sort of in the clear. Um, Their home had been surveilled by the FBI for three months. And last Wednesday, as Gregory Yetman, 47 years old, walked outside of his house at 7 a.m. to go to work like most decent Americans do, he was surrounded by dozens of armed FBI agents, SWAT vehicles, military-style vehicles, the Joint Terrorism Task Force of the FBI attempting to arrest him later accusing him of spraying police officers on January 6th for about 12 seconds with some sort of canister of spray. When he was surrounded by the FBI and other law enforcement agencies, he fled into the woods behind his home where he stayed for two nights before turning himself in. Uh, In the process, uh, this turned into an expansive manhunt. It was covered by ABC News, Nightly News. They deployed drones. They deployed helicopters, police dogs, trying to hunt down a man who has done nothing more than serve his country his entire adult life, has no criminal record, 
but he is considered a domestic terrorist because he had the gall to go to Washington, D.C. on January 6th in support of Donald Trump and to protest the 2020 election. This, though, for those of you who are just seeing this for the first time, and of course, you know, Viva, I put this on my Twitter for the first time, people have seen this sort of FBI raid. This has been going on since mid-January of 2021. Uh, these sort of raids are not unusual, especially for suspects who are accused of assaulting police officers. But the point this is still happening almost three years later, I'm getting notifications now every day of new arrests being made by the Department of Justice and Matthew Graves, the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia. He can't keep his own city safe. You know, Biden's granddaughter almost gets carjacked in Washington, D.C. But Matthew Graves and DOJ is still rounding up people from outside of D.C. who are involved even minimally in January 6th. It, it makes absolutely no sense. The warrant at worst alleges AFO assault on a federal officer. Um, in the report from ABC, I noticed where they said that they referred to Yetman's interviews, prior interviews. They did mean interviews with authorities, correct? It's not as though he had right. not, he was, he had sat down and answered questions in interviews. If they wanted to arrest him, they could have done it at any point prior in the last two years. They absolutely could have. I mean, he would have turned himself in. I believe his first interview was February of 2021. He ended up on the FBI's one of their posters. So he was well aware at that point that the FBI was tracking down people who were involved in January 6th. So now they've accused him of, as you said, assaulting. Now, assaulting a D.C. Metro police officer. That's not a federal police officer. It's not Capitol Police. It's not Secret Service or Park Police. This is Metropolitan Police Department. And I'll tell you, I'm working with my team right now on surveillance video that we have from security cameras that will show exactly what was happening at this spot that they claim that Greg Yetman assaulted police officers, what happened and what it more looks like he was trying to do than directly spray police officers who, by the way, were clad head to toe in riot gear and had been assaulting people outside of the building on Capitol grounds for over an hour and a half by the time Greg Yetman uh, took any alleged action. So I'm working on that reporting as well. But look, this is an ongoing travesty. This is a mini Gestapo, this FBI uh, and you know what? Shame on House Republicans who have had the chance to do something to stop this and defend these individuals and refuse to do so. They're only about emboldening the Department of Justice and the FBI. It's I would even be prepared to operate on. Let's operate on the assumption that he allegedly assaulted a, an sure. officer. They it's that's not something they just discovered now. That's they've had all they've had the January 6th committees, the eight part miniseries. They could have, should have. And if they wanted to arrested him any time long ago, peacefully, without having to terrorize a neighborhood, and yet they do it this way, go door to door, tell people to shelter in place? It, it, That's it, right. Preposterous. So, and, and have you heard from him directly or indirectly as to how he's doing now? Where is he now? I have not. And, you know, you, uh, and let's go a step further what you're saying. Even if he did spray these police officers, is this how we use federal law enforcement resources for any individual who sprays a police officer? Think of what the FBI could be doing related to the riots of 2020, even in Washington, D.C. They would still be doing armed FBI raids with SWAT vehicles on people who assaulted police officers. This is not what America does. This is not what the FBI and Joint Terrorism Task Force is for, well. to surveil, <laughs> investigate, and use arm. Think of the danger that this posed to this small community in central New Jersey. This 
town doesn't even have a spot, a, a, a stoplight. 7 a.m., you have children walking to the bus. You have mothers taking their children to school. It's 7 a.m. People are on their way to work, on, uh, on their way to school, on their way to uh, with their lives. And here are armed FBI agents in this neighborhood. They're lucky no one was killed, innocent bystanders killed. So this, I, these are the risks they're willing to take for the optics, for the news coverage, and to juice the numbers about alleged domestic violent extremists, terrorists, i.e. Trump supporters. Well, they say, is this what they do? This is what they do. They did it with the pro-life activist FBI pre-dawn raid. They did it with the 72-year-old uh, visually impaired guy that they basically executed. And now, I, I mean, everybody who has not seen Police State, I mean, you, you were one of the um, documentarians in the documentary this is a police state. I mean, it's, 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 there's no other word for it. Okay. So is, is, is Yetman, he's been released, correct? On, no. on, he's, he's still detained. He is still detained. He turned himself in last Friday. He was arraigned in DC court and uh, DOJ asked to keep him in custody in pretrial detention. He was remanded back into custody where he will now languish probably at the DC Gulag, which I've been reporting on, uh, for months awaiting trial. So he has not been released and he will not be released by this Department of Justice or the judges in DC. It's, it's, a, it's a godforsaken outrage, period, full stop. Mm -hmm. What Any other developments in any of the other January 6th cases, January 6th defendants that you want to bring to people's attention? So, as I said, the arrests are ongoing. I believe the Department of Justice has arrested another six individuals this week. This is in addition to six individuals, including Mr. Yetman, last week. They are accelerating the pace of arrest in advance of Donald Trump's March 4th, 2024 trial in Washington related to the events of January 6th. It is imperative that the DOJ and the media keeps this front and center, and they do so by local news coverage. Hey, your neighbor down the street in, you know, whatever, Colorado, there were two men arrested from Colorado just today. Uh, this is their way of keeping this in the forefront of the American consciousness, because then by the time you get to Trump's trial, they're going to, they want to keep this relevant. They want to make it seem like yeah. this is <clears throat> at the forefront of people's mind when it's not, except if you live in Washington. And as I said, juice the numbers. So Jack Smith can go before a D.C. jury and say, we have 2,000 Americans who have been investigated, arrested, and charged for January 6th. They went to the Capitol that day to overthrow democracy because Donald Trump told them to do that. That's what this is all about. They don't care whose lives they destroy, what innocent people they uh, endanger. Uh, this is how ruthless, reckless, and abusive this DOJ is you immediately make me feel stupid for not having put that together, the two and two in terms of the That's upcoming. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's mind blowing and, and do, I mean, for those who don't know, there have been now at least four January 6th defendants who have taken their own lives as a result of this persecution. That's right, at least four that we know of, including just this summer I wrote about a boy who was 19 years old on January 6th, went to uh, Washington with his uncle from their rural ranch in Utah. He's one of 10 children. His uncle was arrested and charged over the summer. Uh, they DOJ then arrested and charged this boy who was now 22 years old. And the day he was scheduled to be arraigned in Washington, DC, he shot himself in the head. His father found him. Uh, he was still alive, and uh, but tragically passed away 
more blood on the hands of this DOJ. And guess what? They don't even care enough to make a statement about it. Uh, so we have at least four suicides, possibly up to six others who died prematurely um, because of what they were going through by this uh, DOJ federal judges and what the media does to them as well. Okay. It's, uh, it's, it's outrageous. Um, mm -hmm. It's outrageous. And now, I mean, it sort of segues into the DC um, Jack Smith versus Trump case. So optically very interesting re-traumatize re the dc jury pool or at least poison the dc jury pool make it look like they're 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 terrorists that require door-to-door -door shelter in place warnings as trump comes to his when is it supposed to start on march 3rd the uh, dc case march 4th march 4th when? the monday before super tuesday that's right what are the latest developments in jack smith judge chutkin's uh, persecution of trump so there's a lot happening um, because you've got not only the January 6th case in Washington, you have the classified documents case happening in Southern Florida. There you have a judge, Judge Aileen Cannon. I've written extensively about her. She, unlike all of the D.C. judges, including Tanya Chutkin, she has no tolerance for the games that are being played by this DOJ and special counsel Jack Smith. I was actually in her courtroom a few weeks ago uh, and watched how she really upbraided DOJ and uh, Jack Smith's team for the games that they are playing, not the least of which is trying to schedule two unprecedented history-making trials within two and a half months of each other. So she called out DOJ for that. Anyway, yes, March 4th, that trial is supposed to start. Of course, Tanya Chuckton. Chutkin issued this broad gag order uh, that is now temporarily on hold as the appeal goes forward in the D.C. Circuit Court. But Viva, to your point, Think about the jury pool in Washington, D.C., a city that voted 92 percent for Joe Biden, a city that still conveys its trauma over the four hour disturbance at Capitol Hill. Almost anyone who has been brought before the judge, the government and the defense has some sort of tie to the federal government or Congress. You have lawyers who work for the Department of Justice who have been seated on jury panels. You have people with political ties to Democrats who have been seated on jury panels. How in the world is anyone going to seat a fair jury in Washington, D.C.? Jack Smith doesn't care. Tanya Chutkin doesn't care. Donald Trump's team certainly does. And that's why if ever there was justification to move a trial, a change of venue motion, uh, for it to be approved, it would certainly be this case in advance of the Mar March 4th start of this trial. Now, the, the ones I always get confused between, you got the classified documents mm -hmm. in Florida, which is still brought by Jack Smith in D.C., mm -hmm. and D.C. is the insurrection, uh, put it in quotes, is, is the incitement Correct. of what the formal charge. Is it is it insurrection as a formal charge? It is not. No, he, he has three conspiracy charges, conspiracy to defraud the United States, uh, conspiracy to obstruct, conspiracy to deny people their rights, color of law, blah, 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 really bogus charges. And then obstruction of an official proceeding, this 1512C2 post-Enron felony I've written about extensively, more than 300 January 6th defendants have been charged with that felony. Now, what's interesting this is another competing thing that Jack Smith might have to deal with, is there are two petitions before the Supreme Court asking them to overturn very slim um, majority who upheld that 1512C2 in January 6 cases. If the Supreme Court takes this up, which they should, because this is a law that has to do with evidence tampering, not political protests that become unruly. 
If the Supreme Court takes this up, this will be a huge blow to Jack Smith, not even a decision on it, just the mere fact that the um, highest court is going to be reviewing that. So there are a lot of moving parts. I know that I'm kind of all over the place, but Jack Smith is not on solid legal ground in either Washington, D.C., certainly not in the classified documents case. That trial could be delayed from May 20th beyond because, as I said, Judge Cannon blasted DOJ for scheduling these trials so close, closely together. And she's already postponed some of the pretrial deadlines. And she will hold a hearing three days before the D.C. trial starts to ask DOJ how they plan to proceed uh, in the Southern District of Florida with that trial right on the heels of whatever happens in Washington. It's crazy. No, it's not even that Trump has been charged twice on two indictments. It is all the other things, you know, going around, uh, going well, on around them. And you're, you're not, not only not all over the place, it's quite linear and quite uh, sequential, actually, is that you have the January 6th persecutions, which continue and have heated up, and it makes sense as to why. You got the D.C. case coming up on March 4th. Mm -hmm. If it proceeds, Eileen Cannon saying, we're well, not going that fast in Florida. Mm -hmm. We don't like the fact that you were indictment shopping in D.C. to bring it over to Florida in the first place, whether or not that's legit. Right. Uh, the question is this. There is some discussion as to whether or not the case in D.C. gets postponed because it's simply not plausible at this point in time to have it start on March 4th. What's the status on that? I mean, I still don't see any way that it could happen on March 4th. Um, jury selection, a jury questionnaire is supposed to start on January 9th. How are, how is Judge Chut going, going to resolve the three pending defense motions asking her to dismiss this case based on selective prosecution, the unconstitutionality of the charges? She will deny those motions to dismiss, and those will go to the appellate court as well. Basically, every decision that she will make, because every decision has been in favor of Jack Smith, will head to the appellate court. So there's no way that all of these issues, and of course, Donald Trump will be coming forward with a change of venue motion probably in January. She will deny that as well. She's already hinted that she's going to deny it. That too will have to go to the DC circuit. The idea that all of these constitutional matters, unprecedented matters can be quickly resolved and put Donald Trump, not just the former president, but the presumptive Republican presidential nominee on the stand in a city that's almost 100% Democratic. Um, I think that the person who does not want either one of these to go to trial the most is special counsel Jack Smith because he realizes all the flaws in his DC case and he is getting his feet held to the fire in uh, Judge Cannon's courtroom. Also, to your point, she could end up dismissing those charges against Donald Trump in Southern Florida because the entire investigation was conducted in Washington, D.C., outside of the proper jurisdiction. Remember, those documents were allegedly held at Mar-a-Lago in Florida. They weren't held in Washington, D.C. The indictment starts on January 21st, 2021. Trump was out of Washington by then. So she has already suggested that Jack Smith has abused the grand jury process, going to a very favorable grand jury in Washington, before a very favorable uh, chief judge, Beryl Howell, an Obama appointee, to get all of these, all of this crazy evidence, then at the last minute switched to Southern Florida to get the indictment. So um, that case is at risk as well. So this is not, uh, you know, smooth sailing for Jack Smith. In fact, it could get really bumpy really soon.
Well, the um, and it's not just that it was out of jurisdiction; it's that it's in the most political partisan jurisdiction ever, where he arguably may have broken some rules that could have never been broken anywhere else, or at least outside of D.C., in order to get the evidence to proceed with that trial in the first place, which might be ill-gotten evidence. Um, now, I had a question on this, Howard. The question is going to be, from Jack, Smith, Jack Smith's perspective, he doesn't care if Florida proceeds. He wants D.C. to proceed at all costs. Uh, where are they now? There, there's been a motion. There was a motion to postpone. I think the judge said, no, we're not postponing the trial date, but for discovery, there's been an extension. Where are they in discovery? So where they are in discovery, and this was part of what Judge Cannon in Southern Florida, um, and she did delay some of these pretrial deadlines because there's such tight restrictions on how classified documents can be handled in a case like this. Now, think about this. Jack Smith wants to keep from Donald Trump classified, allegedly classified files that he produced during his own presidency. <laughs> That in and of itself is another unprecedented wrinkle. And this is under the Classified Information Procedures Act called SIPA. They're very strict. It's staged in how a defendant caught with classified records uh, can view the discovery against them. Typically, the government withholds that. You know why? Not because it's the former president who produced them. It is because it's a terrorist who took them or a spy took them or a double agent. They don't want those individuals to look at that material again and do anything with it. Not because it was created during the presidency of the defendant. This is the sort of absurd twilight zone, legal and political ground we're on right now. And the only person who's willing to call it out is Judge Aileen Cannon in Florida, which is, as you know, why all of the former feds, the echo chamber, the media wants her to recuse because she is not a rubber stamp. So yes, yeah, she did de delay many of these deadlines related to SIPA. She said, I'm not going to delay the trial yet, but she has called for a hearing on March 1st, as I said, three days before the DC <laughs> trial starts, because she wants to ask DOJ where they are in the process and how they plan to protect the rights of the defendant, which is a judge's duty and obligation, which they're not doing in Washington to anyone, and how Donald Trump and his two co-defendants and his lawyers are be, going to be able to prepare for trial when at least one of them is going to be on trial every single day in Washington, you know, 1,500 miles away. Patently absurd. And I know that you've got a 430 hit. Um, what else? What else are you working on? The, you're good. Okay. What, um, what else do you have? I would say we can move it over to Georgia for a second. Let's move. <laughs> Well, it. let's talk about Georgia, because this is another uh, little wrinkle in Jack Smith's indictment is uh, the stunning order that came out at the, over the weekend. I believe it was Friday from Judge Totenberg in Georgia. This was a 135 page order, uh, opinion and order about election fraud in Georgia. This case started in 2017. She now has ordered a bench trial to start on January 9th looking into the insecurities and the vulnerabilities of Georgia's electric voting system. This does not have to do with just 2020. It has to do with numerous elections. And more importantly, the Secretary of State, Brad Raffensper Raffensperger, who failed to secure those systems despite numerous warnings, she went into detail about what was wrong with this elections with these election systems. So that bench trial is going to start 
the same day that a jury questionnaire draft is <laughs> slated to begin in the DC trial and certain deadlines are looming in Southern Florida. But the big problem for Jack Smith is that Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State in Georgia, is a defendant in the lawsuit in Georgia. He is supposed to be a government witness for Jack Smith in Donald <laughs> Trump's. I, mean, this is I need a whiteboard, right? You know that whiteboard. Well, meme well, the, the guy it's, going it's, all it's, over. Yeah, it's the meme. The guy's connecting all the dots. That's right. This is like a Tom Clancy novel that would be too confusing to follow. You couldn't make Holy. it up. <laughs> um, and, I, and I can't hear Raffensperger's name without Barnes always pronounce it Ratfaceburger. Um, so he's going to be a defendant in the case that, that calls into question the voting systems, the digital electronic Literally. voting systems. Yes. Um, I had a thought there for a second. Oh, it, was, it pertained to the signature matches, which they never did in Georgia. I, I don't know how, how prominent or if that's an issue in this, in this pending lawsuit. So that's going to go to trial. Raffensperger is going to be a defendant there to what might potentially uncover improprieties where there's RICO charges for having um, denied the results and uh, sought to overturn them right. in Georgia. Okay. In Georgia, in, in the Fulton County, in Fannie Willis's case. So this also throws a wrench into her case, the RICO case against Donald Trump. But the bigger fish is Jack Smith and his federal indictment. And this is all related to attempts to overturn the election. He talks extensively about Donald Trump's involvement in Georgia and attempts to remember, find whatever, 11,000 some odd votes and 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 cites without naming him, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and also Georgia Governor Brian Kemp. So the twisted, what do they say? The twisted the, web uh, we uh, weave. It's yes. absolutely incredible. Uh, and now I, I look, I'm not putting Jen Ellis on blast, whether or not I, I think people, I think people might think I'm too forgiving on her. I, I still am forgiving for people who are being put through a ringer that they might not be able to deal with. Mm -hmm. But the, I don't know, ABC News, whoever released a portion of her interview mm -hmm. with, proper. with who, who, who was it that she was being interviewed by? It was, it was, it was the her prof proffer, her proffer. Or proffer. In, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I so thought, proffer thought, is basically where you meet and then you explain, you know, before a plea deal, uh, the details of your, of your plea. Okay, I thought you said for Pravda, which would have made also sense. But in her profit. For profit. <laughs> for profit. Well, okay. That would There's, be more like it. I, I discussed that with another lawyer from California, uh, Ian Corzine, who said, you know, there, there could be claims for people who donated to her defense only yeah. to see her cop a deal. And then there's a quarter of a million dollars there. How could the lawyers have billed for a quarter of a million dollars? But even in the statement that's circulating, I'll play it when you're not here so that I don't waste valuable time. Oh, she's basically saying that, what's the guy's name? I keep losing his name. Scavino told her that at a Christmas party in December, Trump told him, we're never going to concede. We're going to stay in power regardless. And she said, you can't do that. It's not lawful. And he said, too bad. And yet Trump was out after having exhausted what many people believe were legal remedies that never got fully heard by the courts. I don't even see what's so bad about it. Even right. if we take for granted that it's true, it's right. a like third party hearsay from a third party. Trump told this guy who told her that he wasn't going to do something that never happened in the first place. So that's that's the best they got if they're leaking it or if they're if they're disclosing that. They are. And I mean, this is all to create ads and it's all to, you know, bolster all of these cases. Um, you know, Jenna, all, the D.C. case and, of course, the Fulton County case um, and anything related to election fraud. But to your point, so what if Dan Scavino said that? That's not against the law. Donald Trump left office. Everything was fine. And Jenna Ellis, by the way, if she thought that this was so untoward, why did she stay in the legal team? And through December 2020 and January 20, 
2021, charged the Trump campaign $22,000 in legal fees if she thought that she was doing something so untoward. So look, I don't blame people who take plea deals because I've seen from start to finish what this DOJ or any of these prosecutors and judges are capable of doing. I don't bemoan anyone from doing that, especially January Sixers. Jenna Ellis is in a different position. She raised a lot of money um, and now she is contradicting not just a financial record, but her social media record and other statements that she made also believing that the 2020 election was stolen and illegitimate and that Trump should stay in power. So, um, yeah, I, okay. let's not waste any more time on her. Okay, done. Um, and now what else, what else are you working on? So we've gone, we've gone across the globe from, I think we started in New York. Are you, have you been following New York as well? Um, no, not, okay. not as much, but I do think it's a good illustration for Americans to see what, what is going on. This judge looks like a Tim Burton movie character. <laughs> Letitia I'm, James is like, she looks like, you know, the Eddie Murray character when he pretends he's Stevie Wonder, like you can't, they're rave char like her. She's just all over the place. Um, it's just a, it's just a farce theater. It's, of it's absurd. what I love is like, I, I did the connecting the Soros dots and not to be, not to be conspiratorial. It's like Soros funded, uh, Fannie Willis. Now, no, Fannie Willis is Georgia. So George Soros uh, had a hand there. Uh, there was another one where I was surprised. He had a hand as well, from what I understand, in supporting the uh, campaign of Letitia James. He had a hand in getting the governor of Colorado elected, who's the one who appointed the Judge Wallace in the Colorado case. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that, that money affects American politics and American legal system the way it does, but you can't deny it at a given point in time. Um, have you been following the Colorado case? I did follow that a little bit um, and to the extent that what I call one of the celebrity J6 celebrity cops, Daniel Hodges, a metropolitan police officer, testified uh, in those proceedings as well. Uh, still how traumatized he is and blaming Donald Trump for what happened. So, um, you know, it's impossible to cover all of it. So I'm not going to pretend that I have. No, no, well, don't, don't worry. But there was an issue. There was an issue as to one of those Capitol Police officers getting caught red-handed lying because there was a video showing right. that he wasn't as injured as he, as he purported to be. Who was that? Was that Hodge? No, Hodges is a DC police officer. That, that is Harry Dunn. Um, he is a Capitol Police officer. And Steve Baker, who is at Epic Times now at The Blaze, uh, did extensive investigative work looking at security camera footage and saw that this FBI agent, David Lazarus, who was also on, I believe, Nancy Pelosi's detail, and Harry Dunn, who we know has lied over and over about what happened on January 6th, that, saying that people called him the N-word, um, that he was threatened, that the Oath Keepers tried to take his life when they actually tried to help him. Um, so yes, Steve Baker did uncover that lie. But what's frustrating is what's going to happen with it. All of those police officers lied under oath. Harry Dunn lied. Michael Fanon lied. Aquilina Gonell lied. Daniel Hodges just called people terrorists, whatever. Um, but these are the celebrity cops, and now they are fully involved in trying to keep Donald Trump off the ballot. Uh, you know, they're just more, uh, as I call them, crisis actors. All right, excellent. And uh, hold on, if I forgot, I'm just trying to look at my, my, my notes to make sure I didn't forget anything. Julie, if I forgot to ask you anything that you absolutely wanted to mention, what, what else are you working on? Um, I'm working on a lot of different things. Uh, one will be the jury selection process in DC that, uh, will be up soon. Also covering the appellate judges 
who um, are all these two Democrat appointed appellate judges who for some reason keep getting every single January 6th and Trump related case, even though they're supposed to be randomly assigned to a panel to hear them. So all my work can be find, can be found at Declassified, at Julie Kelly on Substack, uh, also Real Clear Investigations. And as you know, I'm on Twitter, acts a lot, Julie underscore Kelly too. All right, I'm going to uh, make sure that all of your links are in the pin comments so people can find it. And by the way, it's not that anyone needs to tell you you're doing amazing work. You're doing amazing work because it's impossible for everybody to follow all of these things. So you got to pick your trusted sources and siphon up the information from them because I, I follow you. I saw that affidavit for Yetman last week and I'm like, oh, sorry, actually, last question. Yetman, that, that was the warrant for his arrest and you noted that there was no supporting affidavit. As far as you understand, I have no understanding of this. Is that not standard operating procedure and is it an indication of something? They finally did post his affidavit the other night, and okay. that is what he's been charged with, assault and a few other misdemeanors, civil disorder. Um, but typically when they do an, make an announcement, they have the supporting documents. I'm sure they were sort of embarrassed what they came up with, but again, they have no shame, so maybe they weren't. <laughs> I mean, that's I was going to say, and the indictment, the, the warrant itself was dated, like the current date. Right. So it's they knew all of this for two and a half years and then waited for now mm -hmm. for reasons which I think you've elucidated and make total good sense. Julie, will, will you come back on periodically? I, I, I don't want to kick you out. I, I know you have something to go to now, so. Yes, I've got, uh, well, that's all right. I'm a few minutes late, but it's well worth it. And I okay. love being on anytime. Okay, please come back whenever you can, because uh, I, I love picking your brain. And thank right. you very much. Love being on, thanks. All right, have a good one. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. We're not, we're not ending, people. It, this is the amazing thing you got to have. It's impossible to follow all these things. You got... Klaasfeld, who's doing the live tweeting from the Trump trial in New York. You got Govea, who basically, I would say his channel's dedicated to the Trump stuff, but the streams he goes through each jurisdiction one by one. You got Julie covering this in detail that nobody else is covering. Who are my other trusted sources of, of information to, so not to get bogged down in one thing, just to get, you know, be able to follow everything. It's, it's endless. Now I'm going to read some rumble. No, you know what? Before I read the rumble rants, I'll play the Jenna Ellis video, not because we're going to just want everybody to see. I hear some kids screaming loud up there. Oh, they might, they might be screaming from happiness. That <laughs> might not have been. This is from the proffer. This is what uh, ABC News released. I was intrigued because of what's not in this edited highlight. And pay attention for the edits as you listen to this. Okay. And uh, at the time... Uh, period where they were going to start to discuss what was uh, Dan Scavino's role? At the time, I believe his title was social media director for the White House. It At the time, Scavino's title, social media director. Well, then he knows exactly what he's, he's staging an insurrection by outright stating. What, okay, let's start it again. I'm just going to let it play. Okay. And uh, at the time, uh, period where they were going to start to discuss what was uh, Dan Scavino's role. At the time, I believe his title was social media director for the White House. It became deputy chief of staff um, at the time that the conversation in question took place. Okay, and when was that? The conversation was around December 19th of 2020. December 19th. White House Christmas party. And White House I, Christmas uh, party. I emphasized him. I thought that the, um, the, the claims and the ability to challenge uh, the election results was essentially over because he said right there. to me in a kind of excited tone, well, we don't care and we're not going to leave. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, the boss, meaning President Trump and everyone understood 
the boss, um, that's what we all called him. Um, he said the boss uh, is not going to leave under any circumstances. We are just going to stay in power. And I said to him, well, it doesn't quite work that way, you realize. And he said, we don't care. Ability to challenge hey, listen. The, the claims and the ability to challenge uh, the election results was essentially over because he said um, the, to me, you know, the, claim, the, the, the challenge to the elections was effectively over because hard cut. We don't want to hear what she said there. At least ABC doesn't. Maybe there was a long section of, of legalese that's not going to be of interest to anybody. And then they cut. Do you understand what we just heard here? Let's just assume, look, if Jenna Ellis is lying here, that's the, that's the bigger problem on an individual basis. Let's just assume that she's telling you the total truth. Unless I've misunderstood something, what you have here is a dude who is drunk at a Christmas party, probably shouting over the music, the band that's playing, we're going to stay in office, Jenna, woo! And Jenna's like, no, that's not exactly how it works. Like, fuck it, we're going to do it anyhow. You got a guy at a Christmas party, probably inebriated, saying something stupid. And this is the evidence of RICO-level election interference coming out of Georgia that warrants all of this. That being said, if this is the weakness of the evidence, a lot of people cutting sweet deals for themselves, even if it means compromising the broader picture or scheme of things, that's what it is. It's not like Dr. Evil sitting around his table with the fire thing in the back throwing people into it saying, Here's what we're going to do. We're going to conspire, cause an insurrection, and stay in power regardless. A drunk dude at a Christmas party saying something stupid that never happened, and then they left and transferred power regardless. Okay. Good luck with that. Which one's that? Good luck with that. Fanny. Fanny is Georgia. Tish is New York. Smith is D.C. Also D.C., Florida. Um, Wallace is Colorado. I feel like I'm missing one here. Alvin Bragg is also New York. That's the hushed money payment one. We get them all. Oh my, oh my goodness. The amazing Lucas. I haven't heard from him in a while. Let's go look him, see what he's up to these days. Okay, I'm going to read not all of the rumble rants. I'm going to read some of the rumble rants. Let me just do this here. I'll do this like this. Here's what we're going to do. Um, can I go like this? I'm not, I can't, I can't, I can't really. Viva, check out Conservative Mama on Rumble. Mystery solved. Well, hold on one second. Conservative Mama, that's coming from Oski Wee Wee. And then we got Peckerwood. What the heck's going on in the chat here? Oski Wee Wee to Peckerwood. Peckerwood says exclusive Harmeet Dillon and her husband are prolific donors to anti-Trump rhinos around the country pre-Laura Loomer. Shit's hitting the fan. Well, I'm going to go ahead and scream brand that one. And I'm not your buddy guy. Thank you. And I got it. Okay. So here's what we're going to do now. We're not done. Got a lot of bookmarks going over here. Let me, let me just uh, go see what's going on in the chat. Love your show, bro, says Pudge TV. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Uh, thank you. Wee Wee and Pecker, says Craven. Irish. Uh, okay. So let's see. I might have missed a lot in the chat here. Um. Lucas is a jackass, says Faithless. Ah, look, I haven't heard from him in a long time, but I, 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 we, we, he, I had him on. We were on. We, have, we were friends. Viva and Rob Gouveia commentary. Great, says Enyo46. Oh, listening to Gouveia, like, I imagine I'm going jogging. I'm listening to Gouveia recite Klosfeld's tweets in real time. It's the synthesizing down of information, people. Oh, oh, well, we could talk about the uh, New York case. We'll do the update in the New York case because I've been following it at least today. Who'd they have today? Don Trump Jr. It was yesterday, maybe. Whatever. The defense now in um, hashtag 
bonus torso photo, New York, Letitia James bullcrap fraud case. Uh, the defense is now putting on its case. Absolute egregious, grotesque waste of time. They had um, Don Trump Jr. testify, basically saying, this is what we did. This is how we operated. Trump brand was very uh, impressive. Uh, I, I managed it. It was a merit-based system, even if we were the children of Donald Trump. And um, we were worth a lot of money and we did good business. And everyone wanted to work with the Trump brand, basically. Even the banks who might have been competing with interest rates to get the Trump business, probably. What's really disgusting is the back and forth and um, are, you know, arguably but not so arguably judicial bias. Like apparently they're not giving Don Trump Jr. enough time to answer. Uh, at least the, 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 the prosecution is objecting, get to the point. And they're all making jokes like, oh, well, you guys had six weeks to present your case. Give us a day to have our prime witnesses uh, provide their evidence and their testimony. The, the case is a joke through and through. I don't really think anything more is going to come out of it. Now, there's no more bombshells, I don't think. It's a bullcrap case. What's going to end up happening uh, is there's going to be a bullcrap judgment in this. Angeron, I don't think he can be impeached, should be judicial. Whatever the judicial sanctions are to either remove him from the case or from the bench, it has to happen. Yesterday, we went over the Elise Stefanik a judicial complaint against Angeron. Beautifully detailed, beautifully drafted. All the points are there, save and except for his shriveled nipple, a hashtag bonus toso photo <laughs> pick. I don't think Elise Stefanik reported on the bias of his wife. I want to refresh my memory. I don't think she did. I'm not sure if it's because it wasn't known at the time Stefanik wrote that letter or because Stefanik said it's not relevant to what his wife does through her own Twitter account. We talked about that. So really nothing, nothing new is going to be coming out of New York um, anytime soon until judgment. It's a load of crap full stop, hashtag, yeah, that's it. But I got to go see what's going on with Harmeet Dillon. I'll go learn that afterwards. Also, just a heads up for tomorrow. What am I doing tomorrow? Unusual suspects at three o'clock in the afternoon, but we've got a sidebar with, I'm going to screw up his, I don't want to, I don't want to screw up the name. Um, hold on. The sidebar for tomorrow is history legends. So that's going to be good. Seven o'clock. So I might not go live during the day, I say there might not be enough to talk about. The news is going to happen anyhow, but we're doing a sidebar 7 o'clock and stay tuned for the unusual suspects. Uh, that's with Valuetainment. Okay, but we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're not done yet for the day here. And I'm going to go until the kids bust down that door and say, Dad, it's 4.45. What the hell are you doing? We hear you screaming through the walls and we don't understand a word you're saying. What do I want to start with? What do I want to start with? in terms of continuous. What was this one? Oh my goodness, Viva, thank you for reminding me. Remove it. New subject. Um, so that, that, that horrifying skating accident, although some people don't think it was an accident that occurred in the UK, Petgrave uh, did a move, took a check, raised a skate, it slashed another player's neck named Johnson who died. In my lifetime, this is, I've seen this happen twice. Uh, the first was Clint Malarchuk, and I think it was back in 1989. I'm going to Google that just to fact check that in real time. Uh, I believe it was 89. Clint Malarchuk, when did that happen? It was uh, career end. It was in 89. Holy crab apples. Not a bad memory. 1989. Uh, the most horrific thing, and I remember the announcer screaming, you know, look away, look away. Terrible. Uh, a skater fell 
slashed his um, carotid artery and he was saved only by virtue of his coach pinching the carotid artery so he didn't bleed out. It happened the second time. I don't remember the name of the skater. Also saved. I don't know what this must have... I, I can't watch the video anymore. I, I don't have the... Um, I say that and then I see enough of... I, saw, I see enough images to be re-traumatized. I can't, I can't watch these things anymore. And yet somehow I, I punish myself and torture myself by you know, seeing more than I should, than I want to. We've all seen the video. Whether or not you think it was whatever, it, it, it happened again and Johnson died. How, how horrendous an injury it was, he, he died. People were immediately saying this was deliberate. The hockey player Petgrave has a checkered past, has a lot of penalties, leading the, leading the league, the UK league in penalty minutes. Um, some people were unearthing videos which seemed, uh, at least one video which seemed to potentially show a similar reckless move from way back in the day. Um, apparently, I think he might have, Petgrave might have also been, had a serious penalty for spearing or something. Dude, I don't know these things to be facts, and if I'm wrong, it's because, you know, someone on the internet said it, and I thought, and I, I repeat it. Uh, from what I understood, he might have been leading the league in penalty minutes, and he's a, he's a rough, had a reputation for being a dirty player. People were immediately saying, this was no accident. No one moves their leg like that by accident. This was a deliberate, he meant to do something. Obviously, he didn't meant to kill him, but he meant to do something. Okay, I, I might be the only Canadian who didn't skate that much to take a position on this. But apparently, people were clamoring for an arrest. Apparently, an arrest has occurred of a man. We don't know who. Uh, we don't know who. And when you, reporting from Oxford. When, you, when you see this, it's not going to make any sense how the UK news is repeat, re reporting on this. Apparently, an uh, someone has been arrested. We don't know who. A man. A man. This is breaking from Sky News UK. Norabundok reporting from Oxfordshire earlier. Let me bring you some breaking news that's come in from a South Yorkshire police and it concerns the death of uh, the ice hockey player for the Nottingham Panthers, Adam Johnson. Police say they have arrested a man following that man. death. An arrest has been made in Sheffield on suspicion of manslaughter. The man remains the man. in police custody at this time. The police statement goes on that on Saturday the 28th of October, Adam was seriously Adam injured Johnson. during a game between Nottingham Panthers and Sheffield Steelers and was sadly later pronounced deceased in hospital. Post-mortem confirmed he died as a result of a fatal neck injury. Mm -hmm. uh, police said that their investigation launched uh, immediately following the tragedy and they've carried out extensive inquiries ever since to piece together the events that led to the loss of Adam in these unprecedented circumstances. So that news again, that a man has now man. been arrested following the death of Adam Johnson. That man that has man. been arrested on suspicion of manslaughter. Suspicion of manslaughter. being held in police custody. Um, let me bring this out. It, it makes no sense. Now, some people were replying. Oh, so my tweet was, I said, like, I, I am wondering, I don't immediately jump to these conclusions. I said, why on earth? Who do we think has been arrested on suspected manslaughter in this case? We, we saw the video. Everybody knows who we're talking about. We're not talking about the coach. We're not talking about a fan in the audience or like, you know, a, a disgruntled lover. Everybody saw the video. Why are they doing this? Some, and I said, is something else at play, like identity politics? I don't know, and I don't immediately jump to those, those, 
reflexively jump to those conclusions, but I can't make sense of it. People were responding to my tweet saying, you know, in the UK, you're not allowed identifying the accused until they've been formally charged. Um, first of all, I mean, I, I've, I understand that, but I understand that that's policy and not law that resulted from some inquiry a decade ago. And there are still exceptions to those circumstances where you can identify it in, in, in very clear exceptional cases, one of which might be when the incident was broadcast to the world and everybody saw it in real time. There's no anonymity to successfully protect here unless it's legally required, which I don't think it is. I think it's just policy. There's nothing to protect here by saying the man, the man, the man. And even if that were the case, and this is where you, even if that were the case, that would not apply to reporting in the West, in, the, in, in America. Oh, I, I think this was from CNBC. South Yorkshire police and Tuesday said a man is being held in suspicion of manslaughter. No mention of the name. Uh, I got one. There was one from, this is getting off. Oh, an idiot didn't. These were all American news outlets. A man. The man. And there was one more here. CNN. A man has been arrested. I mean, the, even if it were a UK law, which I don't think it is. I think it's just policy, which might make sense when you don't want to smear the potential innocence of a man merely by virtue of being detained. Makes no sense, period, because we all know exactly who we're talking about and we saw the video, it doesn't make sense for America to not be reporting. The man who everyone knows to be Petgrave, whose skate went into his neck. So preposterous. But meanwhile, bottom line, um, they've pressed charge. It, lo it looks like he's going to get uh, charged with manslaughter. And I know there's a lot of people out there who think it was deliberate, um, that he deliberately tried to you know, make contact with the blade, maybe obviously not kill him. I would not go there even as a... Uh, I, I would never go there. To me, it, it looked more like he was trying something to kick the puck and then maybe lost balance in, in an attempt to kick. I know a lot of people are going to think, Viva, you're being naive and stupid and whatever. Uh, maybe. If that's the, I, I refuse to believe that someone would deliberately, recklessly try to make contact with the blade of a skate. So I'll, I'll live with that level of naivety and stupidity. Hashtag say his name is Petgrave. I don't even understand. What, what the hell is the controversy here? Okay, so there's that. That was the latest news, at least, coming up. Breaking for the day. Like, when you think that... Oh, breaking for the day. Okay. Oh, my goodness. People. First of all, let me just go back to... The, I'm not going to go... I want to go back to the chat. I want to just see one thing. Last time I refreshed, we had nine thumbs up and zero thumbs down. Let me refresh and just see how many we're up to now. 370 thumbs up and three thumbs down. I like those ratios. But there are 3,659 3, people watching. There should be 3,600. Oh, there's more, less now. 353. Hit the thumbs up. Drop a comment in the comment section. Um, and get prepared to think you need to wash your eyeballs with, with bleach. It's going to be Trudeau. But don't worry. It's no actual voice. So there'll be no gagging. And... Um, there's no actual video, so, but it's gonna, you're gonna say, like, what the hell did I just watch? <sighs> I'm reading the chat where Chrissy Kingdom says he kicked the guy with the skate on, exactly no kicking and hawking, shaking my head. Um, it has nothing to do with race. He was kicking uh, up, uh, kicking an upright player. Yeah, that, I mean, that's if you believe, I don't believe that he kicked him on purpose. Uh, that's the thing. I just, I, I, I call me stupid or call me whatever. There's, there's, you know, um, 
who were some of the badass players back in the day that were known for they were always on the chicago devils for whatever the reason you'll get chat will remember the name of some of the players that were known to be the the brutes the goons like you could spear somebody you could do the cheap shot donald brashear you could do donald brashear level assault which i think was assault when he when he he hit someone with a hockey stick i think but using your blade to kick, I mean, that's, that's, that's next level assault where I just, I, I, I would have, I'll need to hear him say I intended to do it in order to believe that he intended to kick him with the skate but not kill him. You know, it's not like using your, using your stick as a bat in a moment of anger or like those cheap elbow shots as you go by. There's bruises in the game, but I, anyhow, so that's it. I, I know, that I just, I, I will choose to believe he intended to kick the puck and spun around in a manner that made it look like he did it deliberately okay get ready to get ready to think you're going to need to wash your eyeballs this video is seven years old in december and my goodness has it aged like a fine wine that's going to make you puke and yes i'll I'll give it i'll give you the fair warning people you're going to see the prime minister justin trudeau get teabagged by a panda bear it's all CGI animation. Don't worry, it's not an actual panda bear actually teabagging Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. I think he's into much raunchier stuff than that. In my humble opinion, hashtag no defamation. Okay, check this out. This is a video that came from Tomo News back in 2016, December. Uh, they knew in Taiwan what Trump, uh, what Trump, they knew in Taiwan what Trudeau was up to nearly one year or so into his premier tyranny. Tyranny. Well, I've gotten everything screwed up here. Watch this. I, I do not understand a word they're saying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the volume down just a touch because we don't need it to be that loud. Um, I'll have to read it for the people listening on podcast. Justin Trudeau is a huge fan of Chinese, eh? Oh, God. He's dousing himself in soy sauce. Taking cash. I can't read this fast. He's, he's eating Chinese food, taking Chinese cash, dancing in a bikini, teabagged by <laughs> talking about how to bribe, bribe Justin Trudeau with $1,500 access to dinner. This is a beautiful video. Okay, now this one I'm going to actually have to pause and describe for people listening in podcast. He's he seems to be massaging a bank on some on a Asian man's groin until the bank begins ejecting uh, dollar bills, and they're hundred dollar bills. They're the new ones. They're, they smell like maple syrup if you smell them, as the legend goes. He's riding, oh no, he's not riding a dragon. Chinese billionaire Zhang Zing with a partner donated a million dollars to the Elliott Found- Trudeau Foundation. Weeks after the event, Trudeau bent over again when he attended a similar Chinese fundraiser in Vancouver. Now there's a panda beating a monk. They're accusing the Liberal government of turning a blind eye to Chinese atrocities. Now he's putting a hand over his, over his breast and saying, Oh, China, anyone? Can you believe that that video is seven years old? One and a half, you know, two years into his 
premiership, and it's aged like a wonderful, wonderful fine wine. Truer than many of us appreciated at the time, for those of us who were even paying attention, hashtag I wasn't, unfortunately. There's the link, everybody. Uh, there's the link so that you can go. Uh, <laughs> looks realistic to me, says Honor234. What would have been hilarious is if they had to CGI it from an actual video like they did with uh, a scanner darkly. Or um, what was that other movie that, that used the same technology? Where they, they take actual video, but then like Adobe it to make it look like a cartoon. Oh, yeah. Happy Hooper says, awesome video. Pretty darn accurate, says C-Tuck. It's amazing. Like, it's amazing that the information was out there. For those who were paying attention, it was obvious seven years ago. And for the rest who were not paying attention to politics until politics took attention in them, it only makes sense now, in retrospect, living it backwards. I forget who it was that said it. It's some Greek philosopher. Uh, if you don't take an interest in politics, politics is still going to take an interest in you. And the other one who said, if you don't get involved in politics, you end up being governed by your inferiors. And my goodness, is that what we are doing right now? And just as another, just as another example, let's just, let's just go to another Justin Trudeau. It's a lie. It's a Trudeau regime lie. It's a lie because it's false when they're saying it. They know it's false when they're saying it and they say it anyhow. Let me pull this one up because I... Oh, yeah, here we go. Here, this this guy. Oh, I hate these people. That warden, he's a son of a bitch and I'll hate him. <laughs> I hate Trudeau. And I know it's not good to hate people. It's a sin. I, I'm aware of my sin. I'm pleased today to announce that Canada Lands Company, through its agreements with developers, is enabling the construction of an additional... 2,800 housing units by the end of March 2024 in a number of different communities. The, the, for those who are listening in podcasts, it says under the caption from CBC News, Justin Trudeau's own private Pravda, feds unlock public properties to build nearly 30, well, it says 29,200 housing units by the end, by 2029. Just remember that Justin Trudeau was elected in 2015 on what campaign promise? Let's hear what this guy has to say. I forget his name now. This includes housing projects in Calgary, Edmonton, St. John's, and Ottawa, with a minimum of 300 set aside for affordable housing. These are significant steps forward, but we know we need to do more. Oh, yeah, you knew that 2015. One way to do this is through Canada Land's new strategic plan, which now clearly sets a direction to enable a minimum of 20% affordable housing units when a municipality does not have a minimum requirement, making housing affordability a key priority. As it stands, it means that over the next five years, over the next five years. Canada Land's company is projecting to enable approximately 26,400 units on its properties with a minimum 20% of the units to be set aside for affordable housing. Because there is not affordable housing in Canada right now. Why? Please revert to the previous video of the panda bear teabagging Justin Trudeau. The panda bear was a metaphor for China, by the way. And Xi Jinping was in, the, was in that video also, but okay. This will mean around 5,300 affordable homes in the next five years, which is twice as many as in the last 30 years and four times as many as in the last seven years. Oh, who, who's been in power for the last seven years, you might ask? Refresh. 
These people think we're stupid and they might not be wrong. This is from CBC, what year? 2015. Justin, this was when he got elected. Justin Trudeau pledges new funding for affordable housing, tax breaks for developers. The reality is that too many Canadians cannot afford to buy a house, the liberal leader said. In September 2015, now we're in, I don't know what month is it, November 2023, eight years later. And what are they saying? Millions of Canadian homes are unaffordable, overcrowded, or in need of major repairs. New census data, October 2023. And what's his campaign promise now? We'll get it done by 2029. Or we'll get something done by 2029. Oh my goodness. But hold on a second. Canada Lands Company? What is this company? Uh, Now that I say it out loud, Canada Lands Company. Oh, it's a government entity, of course. Government is the only entity that fails upwards that creates more work to, f- to, to, to remedy the deficiencies in their incompetence. Canada Land's company, Société Immobilière du Canada, enriching communities and experiences. Since, since when? Canada Land's company is a self-financing federal crown corporation that specializes in real estate development and attractions management. Hold on, when, when has this... Let me see something. Uh, oh, here, hold on a second, right there. Do we go? I'll just, I'll do the Wikipedia thing because I want to see when it was. It was founded in 1995. Very interesting. I've never heard of it until now, but maybe that's just because I wasn't paying attention. So anyways, by the way, um, after he's done getting teabagged by the big, you know, Chinese panda bear and um, selling out to China, training Chinese soldiers on Canadian soil for wintertime combat, uh, spying on Canadian citizens. Once he's done all of that, he'll build some houses. (laughs) By 2029, the problem that he promised to resolve in 2015 might be slightly alleviated. And by the way, if it isn't, let's just, let's just nationalize private home ownership. I mean, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. 2029, by the way, that's one year before, one year before 2030. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> pull a PewDiePie. Hmm. Oh, lordy, lordy. Okay, and then I think we got just one or two more things before we head over to Viva Barnes Law locals.com. We got a good one, so don't go anywhere just yet. Oh yeah, we got the okay, we got we got stuff to talk about on um locals. So here, by the way, come on over to vivabarnslaw.locals.com. And in fact, before we even do that, I, I'm such an idiot that I that I perpetually neglect if you want some merch, oh, we're going to promote my own stuff here. You want some merch? Go to Viva Fry. That's my wife. We've been having a debate online as to whether or not I got my X and Y graph misrepresented. She's a scientist. She only has, you know, like 15 years of postdoc studies, and I only barely got through high school math. I still think I'm right, but that's because I'm stubborn. I'll show you in a second. VivaFry.com if you want to get some merch, the best merch ever, wanted for president, or some other non-political stuff, above average. You can go there. You got politics ruins everything. Let me see here. Where is it? Somewhere in here. Oh, we'll be wild. I love this one. This one I love also. Uh, taxation isn't theft. It's armed robbery. Uh, then you got will be wild. Politics ruins everything. The best one ever. Hands down. Anti-authority rhetoric. Bouncy castles happen. Mugs. Honest Abe being Robert Barnes. And all the hinged, fringed, and proud. I love that one. Okay, so you can get some stuff there if you want to. Do, I, I am going to go to the debate I'm having with my wife. It's not, it's, it's, a, it's, it's funny. I've, my observation in life is that one's sense of humor decreases as their sense of self-righteousness increases. 
And I believe I put it in a very nice XY graph chart. But my wife, she says I did something wrong. Hold on one second here. She says I did something wrong and I don't think she's right. But there is the old expression, happy wife, happy life. And so therefore, I defer to her better judgment. This is my graph and I think I'm going to put it on a shirt. The x-axis is the sense of humor measurement and the y-axis is the sense of self-righteousness. And my graph is that as your sense of self-righteousness goes up, so too does your sense of humor correlative to the exponential rise in self-righteousness. I don't know what, I don't know what this means. I think the kids do that these days. Uh, and her point is that, let me see what she wrote here. Cause she's a, she's a smart, she says, I may want to revisit the X and Y graphing to which I then humorously, hold on, let me just go here to which I then humorously put up this correction. And I think I've got this one right too. After crunching through some notes and doing some math. <laughs> uh, anyhow, okay, that's it. That, that, that's the funny, uh, that's the funny joke. I, I, I need to understand what she's saying in terms of, I think that it makes, that's, the graph makes sense to me, but I'm an idiot. Okay, but that wasn't what we're going to end this show on. We're going we're gonna to play this show out with something beautiful that's going to make you happy. Because it'll be the white pill. Damn, nature is beautiful. Um, but what else did I have in the, in the thing? Oh, yeah. Okay. This video's old. It's from 2020. I don't know what happened to the officer. I saw this yesterday. It made me enragingly angry. It, 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 it enraged me. Now, I know that that's what it's supposed to do. That's what, you know, the engagement factor of social media is about. You see, there's endless videos out there to outrage and enrage. And I saw this one yesterday. Came across it. Didn't know the details, and I prefaced my response. I don't know any of the circumstances about this video, when it was taken, whatever happened, what led up to it, what followed. All that I know is that what I saw pissed me off to no end, and all I knew from the end of that is that that is a good effing dog. This dog right here is the best freaking dog on the planet. Let's watch this and all get enraged. It happened, it turns out, in April of 2020, from what I understand, in Edmonton. The Edmonton police initiated an investigation, and I don't know where that led to, and I'll share this with everybody, for a little, you know, public transparency, exposure, and hopefully justice. Look at this. Not he, is he, he is a service dog. He is a service dog. And once dog. you show me some proof, Let go of my dog. Let go of my dog. You're stressing him out. He's never This is a... You grabbed him with a collar. This is a service dog, and look at the way he's holding the collar, the way he stares in the dog's eyes, in its face, at close proximity, which you're not supposed to do, and aggressively pats the dog on the side. What a good freaking dog. Because I can tell you something. I, I've had dogs that would have bit him right in the face. And I know that that's... Uh, I have a feeling that's what he wanted. And he was prepared to unload into that dog. Not he, he, he is a service dog. He is a service and dog. And once you show me some food, Let go of my dog. I'm not going to let go. You grabbed him with a corner. I have it on video. But let go of my dog. Let go of the damn. Look at this dog. If you let go, she can go and get the fucking paper. You're not. Okay, so if you don't produce it, then he can just come with me, and then you can come to the SPCA where he's gonna be waiting. You're gonna put my dog in a pound when you If this is what you're gonna do, how about you? How about you? You wanted my attention, so now you got it. Dude, you came onto my property. My dog didn't leave the yard. He didn't care. He did not. Look, that's aggressive. That's aggressive. Let go of my dog. 
Let go of my dog. You're not supposed to pat a dog on the top of the head either. This is a good dog. Otherwise, he's required to be pegged. He is a service dog. I hold on to him while she goes and gets pegged. And now the, it, it goes on. It, it goes on. What? What? I forget where it goes from here. It's, it, did I just bring up something? Uh, this makes me so angry. And that dog is such a good dog. Let's just see where this goes here. Okay, I don't, I don't care about that. Just, just, still holding the dog. Just terrible. And I tell this to my kids. You don't grab someone else's dog by the collar because that is a form of control that dogs don't like and they'll snap. You don't pat a dog on the top of the head because oftentimes that can be misconstrued for striking and the dog might not like it. You go under, you let the dog come. To, anyways, I don't need to give a lesson. That enraged me so much and that dog is just sitting there like looking up like, this mother effer, is he gonna, is he gonna leave me alone? I could rip his face off right now if I wanted to. Mm. So anyways, uh, I don't know what happened with that, but... Someone says he probably got bullied in, in, high, in middle school. Someone in the, in the comment section, and I don't know if it was, to, that, that, not someone, that was my name goes here, said probably got bullied in middle school. Um, but uh, some people were, I don't know if it was a joke or truth. Someone was saying like they, they knew each other from before and he hit on her and she said no. And then he's, um, uh, yeah, that's it. Jack Booted Thug says CN Santa. Just, just like, I mean, for my dog, Dude, take my freaking dog. <laughs> you, you, want, you want a dog to piss and crap on you? There, you can take Pudge. You want Winston? You hold him. Enjoy him. If that dog's not there when I get back, we'll, we'll, there'll be a problem. But um, it's, no, that's just that. It, it, it makes you despise. It makes you generalize and want to despise cops in general. I am going to be more reflexively a supporter than a critique, critic, critic. But I'll criticize when they deserve to get criticized. Oh my goodness. Anyhow, that was terrible. So we're going to end on something good. The first thing is come on over to vivabarnslaw.locals.com. We're at 220 people there, which is beautiful. That's the vivabarnslaw.locals.com thing. Sick bastard is right, Rockstar. Oh boy, just terrible. Dog wants a treat. Speaking of dogs wanting a treat. Get over here, boy. Oh yeah, this is, this is my paper. Look at this stupid dog. He has no idea what the hell's going on. He's like, huh? I was just sleeping two seconds ago. This dog, there's nothing you could do to this dog to get him to bite you. And I, and I say this, if this dog ever bites anybody for whatever the reason, they deserved it. They did something to deserve it. This is, to a flaw, the sweetest dog on earth. And he's had a yeast infection in his ears, if you can see that. Your breath smells. Um, he's had a yeast infection in his ears for a little while which has been, I think, compromising his ability to hear, which has been confusing his ability to navigate. Look at his eyes. Let's see if we can see this here. There you go. Oh, wait, wait, there, there we go. So that's one blind eye. And then this is the other blind eye. And so that's Winnie, the blind Westie. And uh, he's had a yeast infection in his ears, which I'm certain has compromised his ability to hear properly. And so his entire navigation system is off. The hell was I saying? So that wasn't the white pill. Um, cataracts. It's not cataracts, acorbs. It was called lenticonus and lenticonus and lentiglobus. Inoperable from birth, which is why we had a, he's, he came from a great breeder, just had a, a defect, and we, we got him. We were very lucky. And um, I was going to say something else. Inoperable, and in the, within the first year, there was a risk of like the blood pressure building up. Not the blood pressure, but the pressure building up. And there was a risk that we might have to have his eyes removed. So small blessings, he's, um, he's, he's good. Okay, done.
out of here now. But we're going to play it out with a great video. At least I think it's great because I took it this morning. And you might see it being licensed to um, networks. I don't know. It's, it's nature. Nature is amazing. My title is One, one Man's Flora Death Trap because this is not an aloe vera plant. Um, it's got spikes on the end of the that are hard like enamel, n- needle sharp. And they're death traps. So I, I snip off the sharp needles of anything that's eye level on me and down because I don't want the dog walking into it. I don't want the kids walking into it. Um, and it's got spikes on the side, which I leave. But I'll play us out with this. If you're not coming over to vivabarnslaw.locals.com, stay tuned for tomorrow. It's going to be a great day. Seven o'clock sidebar with uh, history. History. Oh, wait, down. Come on. Uh, history. History legends. I'm such an idiot. So I just got distracted. So that's going to happen tomorrow night, seven o'clock, three o'clock. Unusual suspects uh, with the um, valuetainment team. I don't think I'm going to go live beforehand. And then Thursday we're going to go live again. So if you're not coming to vivabarnslaw.locals.com, thank you for being here. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow. And if you are, I'll see you at vivabarnslaw.locals.com. And with that said, enjoy this playout, and I'll catch up with the locals team in two minutes and two seconds. All right. Whenever it rains. I say that one day I'm gonna see like a little frog just bathing in the leftover part of the water here. See like right here? Just like let this down, do you see it? Right yeah. there. That's Look the at that. He was under the uh, spider webs. What is that? I mean, it's a frog, we all know that, but. It's a human tree frog. Oh my goodness, zoom in number two. The bubbles. Am I gonna? Oh, look at that number three. What do you mean number three? Well, I'm zoomed in at lens number three, so we can see all that. Do I try to touch it? it seems like the thing I should do like is half touch half it. Half okay, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I think we scared. Everybody got scared. Unless agreed. You, you know it's gonna move. Each other. Still scary. <laughs> It's not. Look at those eyes. Watch out. Going in. Look at those eyes. We're back up a little bit. Look at that. Come on, try one more time. Okay. Look at the spikes on the side of this thing. Anyways, that's why it's got a good hiding spot. Just want to feel it one more time. Just one more time. Okay, there you go. It's off. It's off. It's off. Look at this. Look at that. Oh, is that cool. Okay, well, anyways, that's the morning nature show. Uh, whatever that frog is, whoever knows. That little skinny legs. Cuban tree frog? It's got, like, bony little legs. Okay, well, that's it. Oh, gosh. Oh, And then I'll just uh, do what I always do is empty out the excess water from our thing here. Want to keep the plants nice and... Oh. Hey locals, I'm back. Guess who's back? I was reading, I missed one super chat and it said, I'm not your buddy guy says, hey Viva, did you see the video of Trudeau counting to 100, grabbing three items at a time and counting in tens despite the fact that three bunches is nine? Oh, I didn't get the joke the whole time. <laughs> oh, well, hold on, let me get that. I made a joke that he, that he wasn't wearing a, um, a, a, fa- a hairnet. Okay, we're, did I miss? Did you miss Julie Kelly, Nacho Kitty? Yeah, she was on from 
Uh, she was on from four o'clock to four thirty. Okay, we're, we're we're all good, good here on on locals, right? People, booyah. Okay, so hold on a second. Th- that's we'll we'll do that for the uh, you know for the for the fun part here. My joke was that he wasn't. Uh, he's in a, he's in a food factory, not wearing a hairnet, getting his 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 supreme spittle all over food. And um, my mother just sent me an email that our babysitter from childhood is 80 years old. Well, holy crap, I didn't feel old right until then. The, my babysitter from a childhood, 80 years old. Oh, my goodness. Oh. oh, my goodness. Okay, here, let's bring this video up and we'll all have a good laugh. I did not notice the finer details of this video. Justin Trudeau at a samosa factory. Apparently unable to count. Here. Boom shakalaka. Let's see this here. Okay. So what's going on? Trudeau being an idiot. Press one. Okay. This is press one. Here you go. Here we go. One, two, three. Three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Three. 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 Four. Shit. Three. Three. Four. Three, now he's doing three, three, three four. four. This guy's never worked three, in a factory in his life. He's such a man of the people. What's a samosa? Three, three, right. Yay! <laughs> Hoorah, Justin Trudeau. This is so nauseating. This is so nauseating. Look at this, by the way. Look at this feigning human emotion. What's your name? Oh, I'm going to look into you and I'm going to touch you on the shoulder and acknowledge you. Here's your biggest fan. Let's see his biggest fan. By the way, by the way. Oh, so he's got a face net because he's got a beard. Okay. Lean in. What's your name? Let me make eye contact. This is how normal people interact. Lilla, oh, let, me, let, me, let me massage your arm. Lilla, pleasure. Oh, oh, God, I hate him. I hate him so much. Oh. Okay. Uh, so who knows what kind of frog it was, by the way? That's a bit, that is a bad stumble fest by Biden. Oh, the, okay. Um, who knows what, okay, I'm going to go get the tips before I, uh, somehow, somehow forget to do them. Jimmy P, $5, says, Viva, please contact and interview Josh Slocum, Disaffected Podcasts. He's very entertaining. Hold on, I'm going to screen grab this like I always do. Screen grab. He's very entertaining and has some interesting ideas on what contributes to wokeness. And the board's very own Pasha Moyer, if he is the one connected to Doomcock, assuming... He is on Locals, but could be on Rumble. Pasha, I think, is on Locals, I want to say. Pam Walker, $1 tip, says, Does Julie have any idea if members of Congress are being threatened to keep quiet about the situation? I'll, I'll, let, me, let me actually uh, 
tag her with that afterwards and see if she has an answer. That was from Pam Walker. Nice to see you again, Pam. Victor Cardone, $4, says, We have the right to assemble and petition our government. Deep state must be defeated. Biggest election in the... I mean, I, I don't know. I, there have been inconsequential elections, I think. I want to say, like, Bush v. Gore in 2000 was inconsequential. One way or the other, you were going to have one of those nincompoops in there. Ginger Ninja. Good, Ginger. I haven't seen you in a while, and I was wondering if something... Uh, good, good you're back, or see you around again. I need to gather the names and information of some of the unknown Jan 6 now martyrs and bring a packet to my house rep... Everyone needs to do this. Absolutely. Ginger Ninja says, I hate Jenna Ellis. She's lying. She's a lying coward who still acts like she's the most righteous person in every room. Cannot stand that woman. Ginger Ninja says, ask Barnes about Dylan on Sunday. He'll air it out for you. Dude, obviously we're going to talk. I mean, Dylan's been on the channel. I, I, Harmeet Dylan. I just met her. In, I just met her in person. Yes. I just met her in person. She's been on the channel at least three times, I think. She's similar to Ellis, honestly. Disingenuous and just likes to ride cultural ways until it runs out. This is from Ginger Ninja again. She even tried to sabotage the electoral process in California to help DeSantis and... Oh, in Cali, to help DeSantis and screw Trump. Bill Brown says that's what enforcers are for in hockey. Presumably talking about uh, Petgrave. Petgrave. I mean, these names. Noman S. Omen. Bill Brown says, I used to tell people I was more worried about them bending down and biting my pit bull than her biting them. Well, Bill, you guys have been around, been around the, my family for long enough to know that we had that bad experience with, with, with Barney, who had to go back to the breeder. And I don't know what happened to him after, and I'm almost afraid to ask. Um, and we had a, my parents had a problem with the bull mastiff, but like, I, I used to grow up with bull mastiffs, and oh, God, they were, they were amazing dogs. They, they, it's funny, our bull masses, they were always the best dogs. But Winston, my other Winston, oh, hold on, hold on. Hey, Ethan! Ethan! Bring the photo album in here. See if I can get the picture of Winston. My old Winston, bring the photo album that has Winston in it, in here. The, the photo album that has the pictures of Winston. The photo album, go bring it. I'll show you pictures of Winston. Um, we had dogs, they were so good. But Winston, my bull mastiff, unfixed, used to growl at Marion. Only when she would approach him in his sleeping spot under a table. Best dog on earth. And I want to get, well, as we'll see when, when, when Pudge, who's waking me up at five o'clock every morning now. I mean, she's been doing it forever, but I, like, I wake up to go pee-pee and then I, and I immediately can't go back to bed because I, um, uh, I, I fear that, she, I know that she's going to start whining and wake me up anyhow. Oh, dogs need time and effort, says Russ. There's no question, and, and but there's no question, but but some dogs are. Um, Barney, the French bulldog that we had, was was something physiologically wrong with the dog. Now it, it it did so happen also that he came from a breeder that was subsequently under investigation by the Quebec government for illegally importing dogs from Eastern Europe, claiming that they were bred in um, Quebec in Ontario. Sorry. But, um, I mean, you know, these dogs, Winston, he's not trained, but he's the best dog on earth. And Pudge couldn't do, you couldn't do anything to get her to bite you, but I know that she would, she would die for me, guaranteed. 
A paycheck, a payment shock is coming for most Canadians with mortgages, RBC has said, Spinnaker. I mean, any, any worse than what it's already up to now? Someone's at the front door. Hold on just one second. Oh. Uh, hey, Ethan, someone's dad is here. Okay. Oh, yeah, we got, please get Dr. John. John Campbell? I, I want John Campbell. I reached out to him uh, via Twitter DM. I'm not trying to shame him. I, I, everybody gets too much stuff, and I don't even know who checks what means. I would love to have Dr. John Campbell on. It's like absolute, oh, my God, do I have questions for John? If it's Dr. John Campbell that we're talking about. Um, let me see what we got here. Ginger Ninja Sydney Powell posted a complete list of January 6th prisoners on her Telegram and her Substack. That's from Mandalici. Then we've got a meme. It says, build back better Christmas. I did that. And it's a, it's a miniature shrunken Christmas tree on an ordinary size stand. That's quite funny. Bush was the architect for the police state, Viva, says Furby Slayer. You're right. But if it weren't Bush, it would have been, it would have been gore. <laughs> like, that was coming one way or the other. Uh, the election, the, the hanging chads was, was 2000, right? What year was the hang? The hanging chads was 2000 and 9-11 was, was Thank you. Get that phone out of here. Okay. Let me, let me You're going to say you want to you want to you want to say hi or you want to get out of here? Okay, come here. Let me see. So now we're going to go through This is funny stuff. Close the door all the way We're, we're this is going to be the most exclusive locals anyone has ever seen Okay The these these are my parents right there here, that's my father and my mother, and many people say that I look a lot like my father. You kind of do. That's my brother. That is Dan. Lion Advocacy on Twitter. Winston. Now, I'm only showing pictures that I know that I've already shared because not everybody wants to be on the interwebs. Okay. I found it. I found the picture when I had orange hair. Oh, I'll, I'll have to show that one later. Um, okay. Okay, here we go. This is... I'm going to take this one out. Jeez, this is not just photos. This is photos from a photo album on actual film. So that is my father. And that is Winston, the bull mastiff Brindle, the most beautiful dog on earth. Um, upside down, displaying his genitalia. And uh, beautiful dog. And that was my dad. Okay, so now hold on a second. I'm going I'm to see if there's anything cooler in here. It's photo time with Viva and family on Locals. M-A-R-I-O-N. You should know how to spell that. Okay, let's see here. Can't show that because that's a stranger in that picture. I-O-N. Okay, hold on. We're going to get one more before we go. Okay, that's my brother. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay, so there's going to be two here. Make sure that okay, we're gonna do these both. This is me on the top. That's Winston when he was a puppy, and I put a shirt on him, and it was the shirt I was wearing, and that's classic and funny. Can I see? Yeah, hold on a second. I'll show you that one. And then this one, this one right here was the the female dog that I had never seen dogs have sex before. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It was the funniest thing. I remember 
it was it was just absolute classic. Okay. All right, dude, take it back. I had never laughed so hard in my life. I'd never seen my dog get so tired. I thought he might expire. And I said, if he does expire, what a way to go out. It, it did not take, they didn't lock and no baby was made, but um, good times were had. Good times were had by all, or at least Winston. I'm, I don't think the female was particularly impressed, but I don't speak dog. Okay, look, we got Bill Brown. Well, he did look like JD. Well, wow, he did look like JD. We got a picture of a dog there. Gosh, look at that furrow. Says Furby Slayer. I missed the date reveal of Marion with the computer. I missed the date reveal of Marion with the computer. Oh, geez. I don't know what, what, what year it was. It, it, she says she was about 10 years old in the picture, so it's got to be... I know what year she's born in. It's got to be 9091. But I was thinking that there was someone out there who um, could pinpoint the exact year based on that computer. Poo's Poo says, Mom... And I wonder if that's a Stifler American Pie reference for uh, what we were just talking about. Dogs doing it. And then we got Paracleric. Hold on, what's Paracleric uh, putting out here? The old pictures analog style says special, e-special e SOV. Okay, so Paracleric is putting out a dog bite. Penalties for interfering with the use of a service dog. Ooh. Uh, this looks like, what, what country are we in here though? Yeah, California. I think they have to have some. Uh, that video that video is enough to enrage any any animal lover, but especially a dog lover. Now, what do we have here? Humperdoo says, I, I have all I need for Christmas, and you got the conspiracy. Uh, oh, God, I didn't get it. And a $2 bill. Hold on. So it's a $2 bill with Trump on it from Humperdoo. It's the mug wanted for president, and it's Alex Jones's conspiracy uh, bourbon. Hold on one second. Dude, I got mine too. That is a legit $2 bill. Proud Patriots, not an ad, but they do good work. And then I think I got a second one. Shoot, it's in here. I hear that dog whining. We've already fed her. What is going on here? Why, why will this not open? Oh, look at this one. Every now and again, I make a stupid purchase that I actually don't regret, and that is actually not a stupid purchase. And it says, U.S. Banknotes, Certificate of Authenticity. And that's all I need. Okay. Uh, all right, so that's it. Let's go back to the chat. And that's all I need. I don't need this. or th I need this. Uh, but I didn't, order the, I didn't order the whiskey. That was the problem. Look at Mr. Cutie Pie, says Michelle. I got a picture in there when I had orange hair, but I think I shared one sweet. Yep, I saw it and just had to have it. SL. I've also got his, his NFT. I don't know how much it's worth anymore. So that's it. Okay. All right, I'm gonna, I'll, we'll end this one now. Did I, I didn't miss anything. I got, a, I got all the tips. I got some of the chat. I used to tell people I was more worried about them, but yeah, okay, we got that. Uh, so everybody, tomorrow's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Kids are going to get angry because when I... They've gotten so spoiled to parents being home that when I go, when I went to Miami for the RNC debate the third night, my kid's like, I can't wait for daddy to get home. It's like, dude, if I were working law, I would still be out of the house every day of the week and miserable and hating what I'm doing. <sighs> okay. As it is now, the biggest blessing is to find one's ikigai. Ikigai. I'm kind of an ikigai. Okay. Oh, look at these pictures here. 
I have analog picks, still bring back memories. Not a huge fan of picks, but my uncle and my uncle and me stay on the wall. That is beautiful. And that's a man in, in uniform and a kid on his man in uniform's uncle. Uh, uncle, shoulders. It's beautiful. Oh, I was talking about your son. And <laughs> Michelle Z was talking about my son, not me being a cutie. Well, damn it. Okay. Okay, so we're going to end it. Uh, thank you all, as always, for being here, for being part of it. Oh, my goodness, it's going to happen. We're going to do it. It's going to end at two hours on the nose. I didn't know we were at an hour and 59 minutes and 44 seconds. It's going to happen, people. Take your bets. Am I going to make it happen? I've been told it's a one-second delay, so I've got to wait until two hours and one. Thank you all. See you tomorrow. Can we make it happen? Five, four. Thank you for being here. Two, one. See you tomorrow.